Uh, Matt is great. He's the chapel band leader at Arizona Christian University and uh, leads us here on Sundays. He is starting a six-week internship at one of our uh, partner churches, and so he'll be kind of popping in and out over the next six weeks, um, which is really exciting for him. It's required for his degree at school, so we have to do it. Um, and, uh, and so we'll, we'll, we won't see him quite as much for the next month and a half, but we'll have some other guests coming in. Um, but I wanted to uh, let you know that's where kind of Matt's going to be kind of popping in and out. Um, the other thing is uh, we are constantly in need of volunteers who can help uh, uh, kind of run everything on Sunday, whether it's uh, from running the slides to, to music and sound to children's ministry. There's different ways to get kind of plugged in uh, with outreach, all sorts of different things going on. So if you're interested in, in getting a little bit more uh, uh, involved and in, in serving in any way, let me know. And uh, we've got um, definitely have need for, for more. And the more people that help, um, the more we get on rotations. And so that you're serving like once a month instead of twice a month. And um, so it's just helpful. So we'd love for you guys to get, uh, get involved in any way that you can. Um, yes. Yeah, 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 and no pressure. We don't pressure anyone, right? <laughs> uh, we're starting a new teaching series today that I'm really excited about. It's called Lamp and Light, and it comes out of uh, a verse in, in Psalms, but it's basically a conversation on the art of reading Scripture, and Scripture is uh, the Bible. We call it God's Word, um, and it's something that we uh, kind of center our lives around, and, it, and we believe that uh, through the Scripture, God speaks to us. He teaches us, and uh, it's absolutely foundational to, to who we are as followers of Jesus. And so um, we'll do some series where we just look at like a book of the Bible. We'll do some series where we're talking about different topics that are relevant in our lives. But I want to talk about a series that talks about reading the Bible. And I think that it's something that is foundational uh, for us. And a lot of it might be review for you, but I think it's just a good reminder um, when it comes to reading scripture. What's going on here? And, uh, and how should we read it? And what should it do to us? And, and then how do we teach it to other people? And so um, I wanted to start off with this quote. And this is one of my favorite quotes about scripture. It's by one of uh, my favorite authors named N.T. Wright. And he says, it's a big book full of stories with big characters. They have big ideas and make big mistakes. It's about God and greed and grace, about life and lust and laughter and loneliness. It's about birth, beginnings, and betrayal, about siblings, squabbles, and sex, about power and prayer and prison and passion, and that's only Genesis. Genesis, the first book of the Bible. And what we're dealing with here as we read scripture um, is a very big book. And there's been some movies uh, that have been made about the Bible, uh, but when you read the Bible, what you find is that um, some of the stuff that happens are completely rated R. There are these real people who make real mistakes, and, uh, and they're terrifying. And in the midst of that, in the midst of the brokenness of their mistakes, God is using them and working through people, through humanity, to accomplish his will. As we read scripture, what we find is that it takes place over thousands of years, and there's a number of different authors who come together uh, to write scripture. And we believe that God has inspired each one of these writers. And as they're writing, they're writing down the words of, of what God wants to reveal about himself to us. When it comes to scripture, the psalmist said this in Psalm chapter 119. 
uh, verse 105. He says, your word, talking to God, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. The scripture that we have reveals to us uh, not only who God is, but also what God is doing in the world through his son, Jesus. Um, And as we read it, what we find is that scripture is a guide for us. It's something that grounds us. It's something that shows us uh, the way. And we have to be reminded that we're living very late in history in a culture that's very different than the culture that most of scripture was written to. Um, But it has this way of of, uh, transcending cultures in history and time where God still speaks to us through his word. And so this week we're talking about this idea of the, of the Bible as being this lamp, this light that guides the way for us. And so as we read through that, let's keep that in mind as we, as we go through this series. Uh, one of my favorite pastors and authors is this man named Eugene Peterson. Eugene Peterson wrote The Message, which is a, he basically took the entire Bible and translates it into this paraphrase. Um, it, and it's his version of the Bible, and it's, and it's great. I love to read it because I feel like it gives a different perspective, but it's called The Message. Um, just this phenomenal author, and uh, he was a pastor in Baltimore, Maryland for a lot of his life, uh, but as he got older, he and his wife had a cabin up in Montana, and he would talk about uh, how he would, uh, he would take different sabbaticals and vacations up to Montana, and he had kind of this ranch where he'd sit out on the porch with just him and his wife, and they would kind of reflect about life, and they had this huge hound dog. And the dog would go out and play kind of out in the woods of Montana and would come back in. And he said every now and then this dog would bring in this large bone from like a, like a deer or something. Maybe the coyotes brought down the deer and, and he found the bones because there's no way this dog would bring the deer down himself. But he would bring the bones back kind of to just right under their porch. And he would say that as they, as they were sitting kind of enjoying uh, nature, sitting outside, they would hear the dog under the porch just munching on this bone. Uh, and, and the dog would chew on it and gnaw on it, and then it would make the deep sigh. If you have a large dog, you've heard. And it was just content with gnawing on this bone. And he said he, he thought about that, and he would always know that life is good when the dog was just chewing on the bone. And he said something that was happening with that dog also would help happen with him, just this, this deep sigh of enjoying gnawing on something, right? Um, and he says, you know, as, as he's translating the Bible into the message, he comes across this passage in Isaiah, that kind of got him excited. In Isaiah chapter 31, verse 4, uh, it talked about this idea of a, a lion growling over its prey. And he thought about that with his hound dog, that it was this dog, it was almost like a lion growling over its prey. And he said what we found was so interesting about this word growling is, in the Hebrew, it's this word chaga. Can you guys say chaga? I don't really speak Hebrew, but... Eugene Peterson talks about this word chaga, which is literally growling, uh, something that deep inside of you growls uh, or, or gnaws at something. And he said what was so interesting is when he was reading through Isaiah and he, and he thought about this lion, how it growls over its prey, and his dog, how it would kind of gnaw on this bone, um, something really fascinating happened. He started to do this word study on the word chaga, growling over its prey. And what he found is that this word in Hebrew also means meditate. It means the word meditate. To, to growl at or to gnaw on something also uh, is used by the Hebrews to describe meditating on something. This word that has kind of a double meaning. So it is growling, uh, but also to meditate. And it, it was used oftentimes throughout scripture in different ways, talking about how 
how God's people would read God's word, this idea that they would meditate on it. In Psalm uh, chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he hagaz day and night, meditates like a lion over its prey or a dog with, his, with its bone. Blessed is the man who meditates on God's word. Psalm 63 says, Upon my bed I remember thee and meditate on thee in the watches of the night. It's that same word, hagah. This idea of almost like digesting God's word in a way that something that gets deep inside of you. The hagah is a word the Hebrews use frequently for the, uh, reading the kind of writings that deal with our soul. So oftentimes they would use this word Hagah to meditate on God's word. It was saying, there's this, this thing that I'm going to read and I'm going to internalize and it's going to get inside of me and I'm going to uh, digest what's going on here because what is written in scripture is worth meditating on. So as we read scripture, there's this idea of Hagah. We meditate on it. That means we don't just read it briefly or skim through it, but we stop and we slow down and we digest what's being written. Scripture was written to be received in such a way that we slow down and we digest it. Meditation, when we meditate on Scripture, uh, much like this idea of Hagah, like a, a lion going after its prey, uh, it's something that we consume and digest and it nourishes our soul. Scripture has a way of nourishing our soul the same way that healthy food would nourish our body. And I think that that's the connection these Hebrew writers are making even when they start talking about this idea of meditating on God's word day and night. There's something inside of our soul that gets fed as we make ourselves available to what God is saying through the scripture. Eugene Peterson would say this, these words, the words of scripture, these are words intended, whether confrontationally or obliquely, to get inside of us, to deal with our souls, to form a life that is congruent with the word that God has, the world that God has created, the salvation that He has enacted, the community that He has gathered. Such writing anticipates and counts on a certain kind of reading, a dog and with a bone kind of reading. So as we approach Scripture. Whether it's on Sunday morning, uh, what we're reading through, or throughout the week, what you're reading, there's this idea of digesting it, of chewing on it, on, of gnawing on it, knowing that it gets inside of you and it feeds your soul. Meditation on Scripture nourishes our soul. Meditation on Scripture also reveals God's heart to us. We believe that God speaks to us in different ways. Um, but one way that we, we know that he speaks to us is through this sacred text, through scripture. God, uh, this is why we call it God's word. He's revealing to us who he is and what his plan is in this world. And what we find is that the more we read scripture, uh, the more that we start to understand the heart of God, what God is like, his characteristics. And in fact, what we find is that scripture uh, is pointing towards Jesus, God's son. And the more we read scripture, we find that Jesus is at the center of everything that happens in scripture. When we read through the gospels in the New Testament, we get the words of Jesus. And Jesus says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets, which 
is the Old Testament scripture. It says, I have come not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. If God is revealing to us what he is like through scripture, Jesus is saying, look at my life and you see what all of this is about. All of these writings are about me. And we see this perfect expression of God's love through Jesus Christ, his son. In fact, one writer of scripture in Colossians, the Apostle Paul, his, book, his letter to the church in Colossae says that this Jesus is the image of the invisible God. When we think about, we, we, it's so hard to understand who God is and what God is like because he's invisible. But in Jesus, we have this image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things, tings, I, I corrected that and I didn't say that. All things were created by him and for him. For God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in him, in Jesus. And through Jesus, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or in heaven, by making peace through his bloodshed on the cross. In scripture, we have this uh, unbelievable description of what God is doing in this world through Jesus. Jesus, the image of the invisible God. God's pleased to have his fullness dwell in Christ. So as we read scripture, as we see who Jesus is, God reveals to us who he is. So something sacred happens there. Not only does it nourish our soul, but it puts us in tune with God's heart. Meditation on scripture also grounds us in truth. It grounds us in truth. Um, and here's an, exa an example of that. Uh, as a pastor, I'm a people pleaser. And so I'm constantly worried about what everyone thinks. It's a great characteristic of a leader, right? Um, just want to make everyone happy. It's like a Michael Scott from The Office kind of thing. Um, so always concerned about what people think, trying to keep people happy. Um, every now and then I'll go to this uh, counselor that I have. I think counselors are great. We should all have one. Um, that works on me for just like a ministry standpoint pouring into my life, this outside voice. And so as I come to him with all of my concerns and insecurities and things that I'm worried about in this world, um, the weight that I carry, one of the things he has me do is just list out all of these concerns. Whatever it is, whatever fear it is, uh, whatever insecurity it is, list it out. And then what he does is he gives me this scripture um, that is almost the contrast of my fear. And so whenever I, I go through my day and I'm worried and I'm concerned, um, about basically these lies that Satan tells me about myself. There's a scripture that grounds me in truth, that reminds me of my identity, that reminds me that God is in control. And sometimes that sounds very cliche, but then there's other times where you're just living with fear and anxiety and insecurity, and you know that this is something that grounds you in the truth. There's an example of how scripture does that. In John chapter 8, Jesus says, If you hold to my teaching... You are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There's something about living in truth that frees us up as humans. There's freedom that's found in owning up to reality of who we are, what we've done, and what God is doing in our world. So even this idea of, of confession, which is this old practice of the church that sounds so terrifying because we're afraid of what people will think when we own up to our faults, when we confess it, it's simply owning up to reality. And what we find in scripture is this God of grace who's reconciling all the things about us that are broken. 
There's freedom that is found in that. Scripture grounds us in truth, and when we meditate on it, we're more in tune with the truth of the world around us. Scripture grounds us in truth. The meditation on Scripture reorganizes our life around a bigger story. It reorganizes our life around a bigger story. And I think this is extremely important for us in our current culture um, because we're very individualistic as a society, and that's great. And we're very driven as a society, and that's great. Those are some of the things that the freedoms of being an American, we get to pursue freedom and happiness any way that we want. Um, but there are unintended consequences with the culture that we live in. As we pursue kind of our own individualistic goals, the unintended consequences is that sometimes we forget that we're not in control of our, our lives, but we're actually a part of this bigger story where God is doing something in the world, and we're just another chapter in this story. So there's this humility that comes through reading scripture where we're reminded we're a part of a village, we're a part of uh, a city, and our choices make a difference in the lives of other people. So there are times when, uh, out of that humility, we know what's the best thing that we do for the common good. There's humility that comes when we say, what I'm going through right now is extremely painful and I feel like I'm suffering and I don't know what's going on, but I know that God is at work and my story isn't over and there's something bigger happening and through what this experience is, is, is doing to me. As we read scripture and we, uh, we meditate on these different people who had struggles, who had made mistakes, uh, what we find is that God doesn't give up to them and he pursues them through everything that they do. And we find redemption over and over in these stories. When we meditate on scripture, we're reminded that our story isn't over. There's always something bigger going on here. There's always something eternal about the decisions that we make, that God is doing something in our lives. Uh, Philippians chapter 2. I feel like this is uh, such an important scripture for me when I, it reminds me that there's a bigger story going on here. It's not just about me. Philippians 2, it says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. And then he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. This idea of not only looking to our own interests, but also looking to the interests of others around us. I think if we want to meet the brokenness, the needs of the brokenness of our world, uh, this scripture is absolutely foundational to uh, who we want to be as a church. Not only what's best for us individually as people, or us individually as a church, but what's best for the community? When we meditate on scripture, we're reminded that there's this bigger story that we're a part of. There's this bigger uh, game that's at play right now uh, that we're all involved in. So meditating on scripture reminds us of that. Um, so for this month, we're going to talk kind of about this idea of reading scripture. So today, it's this idea of meditation. Um, and I'm going to actually give homework out. I know, it sounds terrible. But this week, when it comes to your own, uh, 
your own practice of reading scripture. I don't know where you are in your journey uh, or, uh, or where you're at in your faith, um, but our hope is that you would be reading scripture every single day and that you would meditate on what you're reading, that it wouldn't just be something that you do as something that you check off your list or something that you do uh, real briefly, but that you would stop, that you would pause, and that you would meditate on it. And, uh, and that you would taste the scripture, taste and see that the Lord is good through scripture. So if you want to write these down, um, what I'd love for you to do this week as a challenge is to read through these passages. doesn't have to necessarily be all in one day. Maybe you want to break it up. But Psalm 119, 105. Psalm chapter 1, Matthew 5, 17, Colossians 1, 15, John 8, 32, and Philippians 2, 1 through 5. And as you read scripture, my hope is that you would just chew on it, that you would meditate on it, that you would digest what's going on, that you would know that this is something that nourishes your soul. It gives you life. It gives you energy. That this would be something um, that grounds you in truth and in it you would find freedom, that it would align your heart with the heart of God and that it would remind you that you're a part of a bigger story. Uh, today as we close, uh, we're going to close with communion and uh, we, uh, we like to close every week with communion. We believe that communion is something sacred and uh, we, we uh, practice open communion here so we say if you're here and you have a relationship with Christ, you're invited to partake. Uh, uh, communion is a sacrament Um, it's been called the elements it's been called the Eucharist but communion represents uh, the body of Christ that was broken open for us the juice represents uh, his blood that was poured out and we believe that uh, as we gather as a community and center our lives on Jesus we we take the communion we partake in it and we declare uh, what God is doing through this in this world through his son Jesus and we're reminded that he's reconciling this world through his son. And then he's also calling us to join in that plan of reconciliation. So every single thing uh, that we do um, as a church is joining in this plan of what God is doing in the world. Uh, So Matt's going to come up and and close us with a song. And uh, let's just take some time to reflect um, as we move to communion. But when it comes to God's word, when it comes to the scripture, May you make a commitment to just digest it this week, to meditate on it, to allow it to get inside of you, much like a a dog gnawing on his bone, a lion going for its prey. May the Haggah kind of reading be something that you find transformation in. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this day. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for scripture. And Lord, it's something that we have access to, and we often take for granted. We know that it's your love letter to us. And Lord, I just pray that we would not take that for granted. Lord, as we dive into your scripture this month and we talk about uh, meditation and contextualization, um, the incarnation of living out the scripture and discipleship as we teach scripture to other people, um, that we would prioritize our life around the sacred text. And although sometimes it can be confusing, sometimes it could be something that 
can seem dry. Lord, that we would experience new life uh, through your words to us. So Lord, be on the forefront of our minds as we leave today. Speak to us in ways that are clear. Nourish our soul and empower us to be your people. We love you so much. In your son's name we pray. Amen.